Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean. It's going to be a great show tonight. My brother Aaron is here, and he has a story to tell, right? Everybody's got a story to tell, but his story is going to shock and amaze you. What a life, what a journey, right? I'm here tonight to help put some things in perspective, to inspire him. And I got a sneaky suspicion I'm going to say something to Aaron that's going to wake up a part of him that he might think is sleeping, but I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about this guy all day. And I believe by the time this conversation is over, something's coming back to life, people. I'm not letting him go until it happens. <laughs> Aaron, get comfortable. You're going to be here a while. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to him. I'm excited for you to meet him. Look at that. Look at him. Look at Aaron. How do you not love that? Look at that smile. How do you not love that, people? I'm telling you, he's going he's gonna to teach us. He's going to let us into his life, into his journey. And it's going to be an amazing conversation. Um, we're going to go down into addiction. We're going to talk about that. We're going to go into what it means to be gifted and to, be, and to have something special, but to not always care for it the way you should. How do you do that and still come out on the other side with clapping in your hands and dancing in your feet? Woo! Hot grease, baby. I'm starting off early. We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean later. But we always start with the headlines. How about we do that? Highly play the bumper. I don't know why that brings me so much joy to say that. But anyway, let's talk about Serena Williams. Um, we saw that she played her last match and she lost her last match, her last professional match as a tennis player. And um, she will go down as one of the greatest of all times. And I wanted to bring you back to her because I just wanted you to imagine for a moment um, a black woman that was so good at a sport that was not kind to black people that that sport, in spite of its indifference and antipathy towards her, had to acknowledge her greatness. Do you know how great you have to be when the people who don't like you have to acknowledge how great you are? And don't think everybody liked Venus and Serena Williams their whole career, okay? Oh, they like them now. Everybody likes you when you win. <laughs> Everybody likes you when you get it, when you win 20, you know, Grand Slam slides. But when the Williams sisters first broke out and they first came on the scene with their father and their mother, the tennis world couldn't stand them. All kinds of things were said about them and their dad and all of that. And you have to have another level of excellence and greatness for the people who used to decry you and deride you, two different words, <laughs> to have to celebrate you. And that's what Serena did. Woo! What does the scripture say? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's exactly what happened to Serena Williams. In the presence of her enemies, they had to sit down and clap for her. And you know why I'm doing this? Because there are a lot of people in our culture running around talking about how they don't care and they don't give a F. You know what the F is, right? You know, we don't care. We don't, we're just going to do me, do me. I don't care. I understand that. And I, I listen. I, in certain moments, I'm all for it. But I also need you to understand that we are not so free and we are not so liberated and we are not so beyond racism and bigotry and sexism and homophobia and all the poverty, all the rest of it, that we can walk around not caring. There may come a day when black folks can just not care and just do us the way that we want to do it. But that ain't today. That day does, that day does not exist today. And as long as we have any one of us who have to deal with some form of bigotry, bigotry rather, or prejudice, we have to establish not just in the eyes of the people who don't like us, but in the imaginations of the people who produced us of what greatness looks like. 
You see, people need to see what greatness looks like in order for them to reach for it and to achieve it. We still need people who want to be great. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> everybody can't be ratchet. Everybody can't be basic and everybody can't be good. Everybody can't be throwing drinks at each other, okay? Although, a little, you know, some of, that, some of that could be entertaining. It can be. But everybody can't do it. We still need people like Serena and people like you and people like Aaron. Who, who believe that being good at something, great at something, striving to do something, even if you don't succeed all the time, right? But just the willingness to embody something, to show our people a more excellent way is something worthy of the trouble of trying to do. And I just believe in that. Newsflash, people, racism is still alive, okay? And what, and what, and what Serena did was that she showed us, and particularly black little girls, what it looks like when you own yourself and you're clear about your future and you are unapologi unapologetically rather great and you establish it, you don't have to explain it, you don't have to make other people comfortable with it because greatness speaks for itself. It establishes its own territory. It takes the ground with one blow, sits at the head of the table and takes the biggest slice. <laughs> and I just like seeing a black woman being so great that, you know, white folks gotta go, eh. She's great. <laughs> I want that for you, okay? That's why I'm doing this for a little story. I'm only doing this little headline because I want you to be, I want you to be the Serena of your family, to be the Serena in your marriage or with your children. For them to look to you to see the way that they should go and how they should comport and conduct and reach for themselves. That they don't have to look on TV to see greatness, they can just look down the hall. Because they got a mother and a father and an uncle or a cousin or a brother or sister who is manifesting something powerfully. That's what we need. And I'm all for a little ratchet, okay? <laughs> ain't got nothing wrong with ratchet. I'm all for a little ratchet, okay? I come from ratchet. I come from Brooklyn <laughs> and Harlem. I'm all for it. But I'm all for people being able to sit around and say, wow, that was something. All right, let's do one more. Because this story... Aaron, this story is going to make you mad. I'm sure you heard about it, but it's still going to make you mad. Let's talk about Pastor Michael Jennings. Pastor Michael Jennings went to his neighbor's home, uh, who happened to be out of town, to water their lawn or their plants or whatever he was watering. And he thought he was just doing a simple act of kindness until the police showed up. And then he knew he was in trouble. Let's take a look at this video. There's a suspicious person in the yard. And if you're not one to identify yourself... I don't have to identify myself. I I live right over across the street. Who calls y'all? That's what we got to figure out. He don't live here. I'm not saying nothing illegal. about it. You have no right call. to approach me if I ain't did nothing suspicious or nothing wrong. Sir. You want to lock me up? Lock me up. Welcome, welcome to America, people. Right? I just told you we are, not, we are not free enough or liberated enough or beyond racism enough for us not to care about the example that we set. And here we have Pastor Michael Jennings just doing a, a random act of kindness. And now he is, he, he was actually charged, they actually charged him with something. The police charged him with something. He's watering people's lawns, doing an act of kindness. He lives in that neighborhood, on that block, I think across the street or down, or down a couple of homes. And they charged him with something. And ironically, here's the, here's the getter, it was one of his neighbors who called the police on him. That came out later. So someone who knows this man who sees him every day, probably, you know, I'm not going to say it, <laughs> call the police on him. 
This is an example of, of everything. I, people tell me racism is over. And it's not. It's, I want it to be. Don't, don't ever think that black people don't want racism to be over. Like, we need it, okay? Like, we need it as some identity proposition. It's some crutch that we lean on to explain our, our ineptitudes and insecurities. No, 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 no. We don't have that problem. We want racism to be over more than you do, since we are the victims of it, however. But the fact of the matter is that it's not. And we have another example. And I know what some of y'all are saying. I know what some of y'all are saying. Oh, Dr. Sean, this is just, this is just, this is just, this happened one time. This happened one time. Well, one time is one time too many, don't you think? Huh? I know what some of y'all are thinking. Oh, Dr. Sean, this doesn't happen all the time. Well, first of all, I don't know that it doesn't happen all the time, and neither do you. It just happened to be caught on video. So you can't make the claim that it doesn't happen all the time since you ain't everywhere at all times seeing all things. Yeah, I went to college. <laughs> I do thinking for a living, people. Yeah. And the fact that it happened at all is enough for all of See, if any one of us cannot live the normal operations of life without being harassed and harangued, then essentially none of us can do it. You follow what I'm saying? If, if Aaron's on the show tonight, my brother Aaron's on the show tonight. If he can't go through the daily operations of his life without being harassed by racism, then essentially I can't either. Because if he's not safe from it, I'm not safe from it. And if I'm not safe from it, neither is he. I have to care about what happens to him. Not just because it's happening to him, although that's reason enough, but because, doggone it, if I don't care, eventually it's going to happen to me. Pastor Jennings, man, was out. And, and this, this little local Alabama police department, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. They ought to be ashamed that they were engaging in a conversation about this after the man identified himself and identified where he lived and what he was doing. They should have said, you know what? Go on, sir, and just do your thing. And they had the nerve to charge him with something because that's ego. That's ego. How dare you? disrespect and talk back to me. Listen, y'all, listen, I, I don't want to sound like a, I'm not a racist. <laughs> so let me just preface this. I'm not, I love everybody. I just love people. But y'all need to, y'all be, it's a new day, people, okay? That, that don't talk back, mm-mm, that's over. <laughs> you, you come to me, you're going to get a lot of talking. <laughs> you're going to be arrested, me too. <sighs> I mean, let me simmer down, Aaron. <laughs> Let me slip it down. But here's the last thing I want to say about this. Pastor Jennings, if you're watching, sir, first of all, I appreciate you being a man of the cloth, a man of God. Go forward in your ministry. I know you got big faith, so this ain't even going to bother you. But um, Pastor Jennings, I think you should sue the police department as soon as possible, okay? Don't just take this laying down. Don't let them charge you and make this a criminal justice issue. You hit them where it hurts. And in America, Americans only care about money. Sue the police department in the city, okay? That would be my professional advice. And I give advice for a living. So this is good advice. <laughs> Here's my last one, and then I'm going to be done. Woo! All right. Uh, so the Republican, the Republican, see how I did that? Totally flubbed that. Governor, nominee for governor for the state of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastrano. While serving in the U.S. Army in 2014, took, apparently took a photo wearing a Confederate uniform. That's him right there. 
So Doug Mastrano took this photo while he was serving in the Army, wearing the Army of a rebel government that tried to overthrow the United States government in 2014. So he wants to be the governor of the state of Pennsylvania while he flirts and presents himself in the army of a uniform, in the uniform of an army that tried to overthrow the United States. Now, stay with me, because he wants to be the governor of Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania never succeeded from the Union. Pennsylvania never left the Union. It was always a part of the Union. So he's wearing the uniform of people who left the Union and wanted to destroy Pennsylvania. <laughs> Let's try it again, because the irony abounds. I would even call it sardonic, but it's not sardonic. It's just straight irony. He wants to be the governor of the state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania never left the Union. He's wearing a Confederate Army uniform. And the Confederates wanted to destroy the Union, which means parenthetically, they wanted to destroy Pennsylvania. And now he wants to be the governor. How is this man not disqualified? How is Doug Mastrano not disqualified from being a candidate for anything? Having, now, never mind the fact that you're wearing the uniform of people who wanted to keep me enslaved, in slavery. I mean, I mean, you are disrespecting all of the black residents and citizens of the state of Pennsylvania. So you, you, you don't care about that. But how do you, how do you account for, even if, you, even if you don't care about black folks' feelings or black folks' history, how do you propose to be the governor of the state, of a state, when you wear the uniform of people that wanted to destroy the state? Only in America, people. Only in America. So I think that people, particularly the black people of Pennsylvania, need to send Doug a message. And here's the message. Go to the polls and show Doug that we will not be disrespected. No, no, no. You can wear, you, you have in America the right to wear whatever uniform you want. That's your right. Do your thing. And then we have the right not to elect you. So to all the black people and brown people and people of goodwill, white folks, um, Asians, natives, everybody. All the goodwill for all the good people of Pennsylvania need to go to the polls and let Doug know disrespect is out of order. I got one more, Aaron, because I can't let this one go, okay? I don't, I don't care how much I go over time. This is my favorite headline. All right, people, can you see the joy rising in me? Because it's about Donald Trump. <laughs> and anything that's not good for Donald Trump makes me happy okay this is my moment all right Aaron's gonna have his you gonna have yours and ask Dr. Sean but this is for me <laughs> Donald Trump's social media company Truth Social is struggling to keep up they're losing subscribers they lost their base and they're having legal and technical and financial issues <laughs> the company was built on Donald Trump and because he has such a narrow following the company has only has a narrow base and here's the part that I couldn't wait to. I promise I'm going to shut up in a little while. Donald Trump, Donald Trump's company stopped paying its web hosting service in March, and it owes over a million dollars in back pay. <laughs> How do you have a social network company and you stop paying your host? What? But this, this, is, this is what you get. To all the people who didn't get their money, and he owes you a million dollars worth of back pay, this is what you get for messing around with Donald Trump, okay? You're not a victim, you're a volunteer. Apparently, 
really a volunteer <laughs> because you ain't getting paid. Like what you get for messing around with a fool? You mess around with a fool and a fool's gonna be, a fool's gonna be what a fool's gonna be. You ain't, and you ain't getting your money because you messed around with Donald Trump. That's what you get for working for him. When you work for the devil, <laughs> you can't get mad when he lies because you signed up for this. Listen to everybody, I gotta go, but let me say this to you. When it's all said and done, everything Donald Trump puts his hands on fail. His casinos failed, his airlines failed, his football team fails, his presidency failed, and now his social media companies failing. Donald Trump is a twice impeached American president. <laughs> he raised $250 million for a legal defense fund that didn't exist, and people are still giving him money. Silly rabbits. Let's take a break. When I come back, I'm going to talk to Aaron Fresh about his career, his life, his journey, the ups and the downs, all of it, the juxums and the fluxums, because we all got them. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Um, so here's what I know for sure. I know that everybody you know has a journey, and we all come from somewhere. None of us dropped down out of heaven. Nobody. We all came up from a certain kind of hell. And when you get to know the valley, when you get to know how someone has had to overcome and struggle and fight to live, to survive, to love, then you see their beauty a lot more and you can appreciate their greatness a lot better. That's what I want for you tonight. I want you to meet my guest and encounter him at the level of his story. Because when you meet him at his story, you'll appreciate him at the level of his gift. Welcome to the show tonight, Aaron Fresh. What's up, Aaron? Hi, Dr. Sean. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, man, I love your smile. Look at that. It's bright, I know. I, um, I, uh, well, I, listen, I'm excited to talk to you. And um, I want to begin actually with your career. Um, and, then, and then we'll get into uh, some of the other things in a little while. So I, I want to begin at, the, at, at kind of the beginning and ask you this. How did you get discovered? Oh, um, funny story. Actually, my neighbor who I went to high school with in Burbank, um, we were actually uh, rehearsing for a school talent show and his neighbor, uh, Rio Mitchell, he's the one that heard me singing in, his, in my friend's house. And he ended up coming over, knocking on the door. I was like, hey, I love your voice. Um, I want you to come to the studio. And you know, we have people like Rihanna come through all the time and started name dropping all these people. And I told my mom, I was, I was really excited. And she said, uh, I don't think I'm gonna let you go with a stranger to a studio. I don't know. I don't even know this guy, but uh, turns out you know, he uh, he connected the dots between um, between me and uh, Nick Cannon um, through Ray Brown. Mm. And um, one, once I got signed, the rest was history, man. This was in uh, early 2010. Wow. So so not not too long ago. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, listen, when you're my age, that's not too long ago. Um, <laughs> but so, so let me ask you this. Did you did you imagine did you envision yourself? being in the music business, being, you know, a celebrity, a star? Yes, absolutely. From the beginning, um, I had dreams about it, visions. Uh, I even felt like uh, the supreme being told me that when I was young, uh, like really, really young. Um, and ever since then, I just felt like I always been excelling, you know, um, when I was like three years old, I got um, between three and five, I got um, excelled to third grade, like from first grade to third grade. So many good things were happening around me because I was staying close to, to, to being obedient to that spirit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
And um, once I got what I asked for, which was to get go into the music business, uh, I feel like I neglected a, a, a part of myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. But well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Uh, I, yeah. but, but I got one more. Hold on one just, just so you know, two, three, I got left back in the second grade. He got skipped in the third. I, got, <laughs> I, I did. I got, left, I got left back in the second grade. I, yeah. I, it worked out. Yeah. It worked. I worked out okay, but, but that's what happened. Yeah. So, so I, I heard that you toured with Justin Bieber. Um, yes. What was that like, man? What's he like? What was it like being on the road? Oh, man, it was such a such an experience to go on uh, my first tour ever. Um, it was uh, 10 to 15 cities. Um, it was incredible. I mean, um, we we the first the first um, show that we had was uh, was actually in L.A. where I live right now. And um, they set up a, 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 a mini stage outside of Justin's stage. So I wasn't ne- technically on his stage. This was called a Teen Island Fan Fest tour. And um, by the second show, I started closing all the shows. I mean, this was all brand new to me. Choreography, recording, knowing what the term closing meant. You know, I didn't know that. They were like, hey, you're going to start closing. I was like, what does that mean? And uh, <laughs> um, I just learned so much as I, as I went along, you know. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, 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 I know that, you know, things happen. Um, they, here's what I believe. Tell me what you think about this. I think things happen at one stage of our lives to give us a certain confidence because we're going to need it at another stage of our lives, right? All right. Yeah. Right, right. So we're exposed to big things so that when we go through the hard times, we can have, we have a memory of, of the fact that we know what it is to be a part of something big. So I want to change gears, okay, and get, in, and get into some of the, the night season of your life. Um, okay. How were you introduced to drugs? Um, so... I mean, I always known about, you know, uh, I started off with marijuana, let's just say that. And um, I always knew about it, always seen it. My, my auntie always smoked it, you know. I had people that were surrounded by me uh, always doing it. But I, when I got curious was when I was like 16, just turned 17, and um, actually getting into the, uh, the music business. And I remember actually being on that tour with Justin and, you know, uh, one of the acts and one of my dancers we're all like, yeah, we're about to smoke. You want to smoke? And I was like, uh, sure. I don't know what it's, you know what I mean? I, was, I wasn't really too hip on it. So, um, I mean, I got instantly hooked to it. And uh, then I learned that I have a, a, a addictive personality. So anything that I do, I kind of tend to, like, do it to my best ability. It's either you go hard or go home, you know what I mean? So I, that's how I feel like I'm kind of addicted to music, you know, being an entertainer. I can't ever stop. You know, when, when you tell that story, your, your face change. Um, mm. And, I, and I, I experience you experiencing something as you tell that story. What, what, what yeah. happened? What, what, just, what, what just happened in you? Um, it's a real dark place because it started, it started off so innocent, you know. Mm. Um, it got worse and worse over the years, but it wasn't until I was 25 that I actually started doing hardcore drugs. Um, and and then it attached itself to a, a sexual desire, almost. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's a spiritual thing, yeah. definitely. And I, I understand what uh, entertainers say now when they say you have to make certain sacrifices in in order to get where you want to go. Mm. And that's that. Those are a few of them. You know, um, discipline. You gotta have discipline. You gotta believe in yourself and love yourself. You know, I heard you talking about the racism earlier. And honestly, I, I'm, 
I'm pretty easy to love people that hate. You know, it's the hardest thing for me to do is is to love myself. Yeah, yeah. And stop, see, stop, oh. stop, stop, stop there because I think that is, you know, as as much as you're telling your story tonight, you're mm. also providing us an opportunity to learn from you, right? And 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 at at the core, at the bottom of, of what I'm calling the night season of your life. Mm -hmm. is 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 the absence of self-love is the absence of the ability to affirm who and what you are so here's my right. question here's, here's my question um when did you know that you really had a problem like, what was the moment that told you like this this is this is a totally out of order um when i started uh having emotional unbalance uh kind of thing going on there um you know, got getting really angry all the time um, and just out of my mind, like not doing things that I normally would do, like not having the same energy as well. Like I'd be so I wanted to isolate myself and not be around people. And I'm a people person. I'm an entertainer. Mm. So um, I just realized, like when I started hurting people around me and mm. it, just got, it just got I felt so alone and I had to go get some help. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what's so ironic about that, Aaron? Is it, as I hear you say that, it tells me that even in the throes of addiction, you still had a conscience. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But that's but but you and I both know that's not true for every addict. It's not. It's not. And and I pray for those who who go too far. Um, you know, there's levels to it. Just like the, you know, there's levels to success. Um, you know, and if you really want success, you have to like, let go of the things that are going to hold that, you know, that are hindering you in life. And it's so hard because, you know, that's all you've ever known in this world that we have, but there's just a higher self that we all, we all can attain. Um, there's more than enough, enough room for everybody to become successful, um, in their own right. So yeah. just believe in yourself, you know? Yeah. So, so we, we, we started with your career. So I want to put the, these two halves together. How okay. did how did the night season of your life, how did mm -hmm. the addiction affect your career? What did it do to your career? Um, it it distracted me from my purpose. My career is my purpose in life. That's the way that I can reach the masses. You know, um, there's a message that I have to be I have to tell. Um, there's a testimony that I have to bring to people. So um, it hindered me from being in my purpose. And that also was a catalyst to why I was doing, you know, it was, it was a circle. It was just a circle, you know, and then relationships never worked out. <laughs> um, I mean, I could go on and on about it, you know, but, uh, you know, Aaron, 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 hold on a second. When I cut you off, I'm not being rude, but no, you're fine. But, but, you're I, fine. but, I, but I noticed things. And when you mentioned relationships, again, yeah. your, your face changed. Yeah. Um, um, I'm assuming that there's there's some meaningful relationships that you had that were damaged by this season of your life. Do this for me. Um, if, if all of them were here right now, all of them were here right now, all the relationships that were damaged by this by this addiction, by this by this trial, this struggle, what would you say to them? To be honest, I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. Mm. I have no idea. Mm. I, I just know that I would want them to feel the way that I feel in this moment. You know what I mean? Knowing that I don't have them in my life anymore. Just to be empathetic with it or sympathetic with it. Mm. 
um, you know, but it's not like that, you know, people don't really care, you know, it's, it, and I don't want a pity party at the same time. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Never really thought about that. Mm. No, it's good. It's good. And I, I appreciate you in the moment being able to own that, that you, that, you know, you don't quite know what you would say. Um, I don't, I don't. I just know that I know that I have to push forward and, and really just go after my dreams and my purpose in life. I know God can heal all. Um, and uh, in the right time, I, I forgive and I hope they forgive me. I just hope that they can forgive me. And, you know. But there it is. That's it. That, that, that's it. There it is. That's it. That, that's that's all you, listen, that's all you can do, right? That's all you yeah. can do. I, I, I got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk a little more um, mm-hmm. about this combination of, of, of music and journey, right? Uh, and, and get a little more about where you are. So so we, we'll be right back, everybody. Uh, he's riveting, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is. And he has nice hair. Don't you like his hair? <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to Aaron Fresh. He is a musician, an artist, a man, and a, apparently a, a soul, because I, I, hear, I hear that in him as well. Aaron, let me ask you this, okay? Um, here's what I know about addiction. And... I know that addiction, because after this, I want to change directions, but I want to ask you this. Here's what I know about addiction. Addiction is often used to mask, right, and to cover. So people use addiction to cover pain, to cover guilt, to cover sadness, to cover anxiety, right? As, as you look back at your former self, what do you think you were sort of masking, managing, covering? Uh, I would say that there was a lot of trauma that happened um, early on in my life. Uh, you know, from moving all over the United States uh, to my cousin dying when I was like eight years old mm. and then moving to Trinidad. Um, there were so many things that I was taking on that I didn't realize that I was, you know, to me, I just buried it in the back of my mind, uh, in my subconscious. And it wasn't until like things got really, really, really bad and I, and I let it out. And, you know, I spoke to some family members uh, or close family friends, actually. And, and it just started making me feel so much better by talking about those things. Um, that's why ultimately I think uh, therapy is so good and I, I need to get into that more myself. I still don't have a therapist right now. So maybe Dr. Shaka, I'll, I'll know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. So, 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 so let's, change, let's change gears a little bit because um, I, think, I think it's important to talk about night seasons and to let people know, you know mm-hmm. authentically what it is we've gone through, what, what we've had to deal with. Um, but but here's, here's what I also know, and I've lived long enough to know this, that even when we are at our worst or we are doing all kinds of crazy, there's always somebody who loves us. Here's my question. Who was loving you anyway? <laughs> the most high, the most high, the spirit that dwells inside of me. Who on earth was loving you anyway? I'm, I'm with that answer. Oh. But, but who down oh. here was loving you anyway? My mother. Mm, my talk, mother. talk about that. My mom is the biggest supporter I have. She knows all my songs. She helps me out in so many ways. I mean, even when I'm like the worst son ever, she's she's always just looked at looked at the good inside of me and never abandoned me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my mom is honestly just the best thing I've ever had in my life, um, and I, I love her so much, mm-hmm. so so much. I asked you before what you would say to the relationships that fell apart. Yes. I'm, so I'm going to ask you, if your mom was here right now, uh-huh. 
and given everything you just said to me, uh-huh. what would your soul want to say to her? Oh, oh, man, you make me shake with these questions. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That's I've always it. loved you. I, mean, I, I will always love you. I, I, it's, I, I know it sounds so simple and so cliche, but I love you so much beyond that. I, I can't even imagine. I just love my mom, dude. I really do. I want her to know that I love her. Even when I've, I've, I've cursed my mom out, I've broken things in her house because of my own frustration, you know, my emotional imbalances and stuff. And I just thank her with all my heart. I, if I could give whatever I could give, I can't give anything back. I could have $400 billion. I don't think it would ever amount to the type of love that she's giving me. So uh, yeah. Something around those lines. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I love that. I, and, and, and Aaron, here's, here's what I love about what you just did. I would want you to have far more words for the people who loved you than you do for the people who didn't understand what you were going through at the time. And, and that's what you did. You, you, you have language for the people who were there for you. Um, what's going on? I see something. What's going on? No, I'm just, I'm, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's just something inside of me, you know, just dealing with those, those things that these are all, you know, traumatic things um, yeah, yeah. that have happened. And I, and the fact that I've heard these people, you know, without even kind of knowing it, it's just, because when you're in an addict, you're really just thinking about yourself. Yeah. 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 You know, no. look at me, I'm hurting myself, everyone. I'm going to kill myself, you know, being super dramatic. Um, and, you know, there comes a point where, you know, not everybody's going to deal with that and they're just going to let you go. And, and that's why I'm so thankful my mom has never let me go because she knew she knows who I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Aaron, Aaron hold, hold on a second. I'm, I'm running out of time, but, but I want to get to this. So whatever happened to your music? Because I want I, I want to get to this. OK. Yeah. So, no. So, so, it's so four, go ahead. I'm sorry. OK, so it's been four years since I put a song out um, and uh, I went through something recently with uh, a young lady um, and uh, it inspired me uh, to, to go again. Like, I was like, wow, um, I can't believe that, you know, a, a relationship like that uh, inspired, inspired such a, a, a awakening inside of me. So, so did you have questions about doing music? Did you have questions about if the music was still in there? No. I've always known that this is my purpose. This is my God-given talent. This is mm-hmm. this is something that has been given to me that cannot. It's divine. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've always known and believed in that thing that lives inside of me. Um, it's more so about you know, you know, having the fear of success or having the fear of repercussions. So that's why I let people know about this stuff now. Cause it's like I don't care about it. Anymore. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, 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 did you say that it's taken you? I want to make sure I got the information correct. That, that it's been four years since you've put out a song, yeah. Okay, so okay, so and I've been writing, I've been writing for K-pop stuff and like writing for other artists and stuff, but nothing for myself because again, I kind of gave up on myself. But I was, I think I was kind of just waiting for the right time. No, no, you no, know? stop, 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 because because you you give you're giving me the truth. And you're also giving me what we do when we give the truth and we and, and, it, and it jars us. So so yeah. let, let, let's own it. Let's own it. 
So, so it's taken four years because on some level you kind of gave up on, yeah. on, on, on you, on who you are. Yeah. Um, but, sure. but thankfully four years later, yeah. you, you, you were inspired to sort of claim to find the music again, to find yeah. your voice again. How does that make you feel um, to be able to, to, to have that back active and flowing in your life again? It's still scary though. It's still scary because I can't trust myself. Why not? Why not? I don't want to lean on my own. I don't want to lean on myself. I want to follow. I want to follow goodness, you know, uh, and make sure I'm staying consistent in that. So, okay, got, 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 hold on, hold on. Be specific. Tell me what it is about you specifically. I know, I know, I know. It's almost over. <laughs> Tell me what it is specifically about you that, that you're not able to trust entirely. Um, it would be, it would be being distracted, I guess, um, from the things that I've known from this world. So, you know, <laughs> it's so, it's so, uh, it's so vulnerable, uh, talking I about, I know, but you're, but you're, um, Aaron, but, Aaron, but, Aaron, you're safe. You're in good hands. Yeah. And this is, I know, I know I'm over time, but, 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 but this is the way to make sure that what started because of a woman continues yeah. because of you. So let's so, you. So, let, so, so let's let's be vulnerable together for a second. Say it. Just say it. What is it? The things that would hinder me in life. I mean, um, so, you know, again, so the sexual desires, um, you know, the ugliness, the muck, um, you know, having too much money, um, uh, you know, just people knowing the truth of where I've been in life. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a scary thing, but again, I have to fight through that. I have to be persistent and, and, and just, I have a bigger purpose here than just myself. And I'm trying to make it all inclusive with, uh, with anybody that hears my story. Um, if whoever has ears, let them hear, you know, like, listen, listen, I'm, I'm totally out of time, but I, but I want to say this yeah. to you before I let you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want you, first of all, yes, do everything you can to get back in therapy and to, and to be in a counseling situation yes. so that you can talk your way through these moments when you find yourself being distracted. Don't don't right. assume that you can manage this on your own. You well. can't. You can't. Nobody can. We all need somebody who can t- speak into us and guide us. But I also I, but I also want to celebrate you before I let you go. <laughs> I, I want to pat you on the back and give you a, 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 a be your uncle or your dad for a second and say to you what you have been through, what you've survived is no small or light thing. And the fact that you're still standing and you still can find the music in you is an accomplishment that most people will never know or feel. Trust yourself and that the person that you were, that's not the man who sits before me right now. You've lived a little, you've died a little, you've been crucified a little, buried a little, and come back from the grave a little. All of that has blessed you and made you who you are right now. And I'm telling you, that this time the music will come from a different place and this time the music will be yours. Listen, Aaron, I got to let you go. Thank you for being on tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Sean. You're beautiful. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Listen, everybody, we will be right back. Uh, I'm going to talk a little more. I got some aha moments from him. He gave me some aha thoughts and I want to share what I learned and what I saw in this conversation. Beautiful, beautiful. You're always beautiful when you tell your story. We'll be right back. Every time I have a conversation, I come back after the conversation to try to give you more than what both of us had to, got to experience rather in the conversation itself. We call them aha moments. Play the bumper, Hyla.
So here is my aha moment from that conversation with Aaron. First, I always want to thank him for being a part of this moment that we had together. But here's what I learned. Here's what I gathered. That sometimes the telling of the story is the thing we need. And sometimes just the telling of the story can be the thing that helps to save us. My sense of my dear brother is that he's lived the story, right? But I'm not so sure if he's told the story as often as he needs to and as often as he deserves to. When you tell your story and you tell it in a way where you just sort of lay it out there and let people sort of digest it as it comes, it's liberating. And I'm hoping that the more he tells his story and the more he allows people to know, just because I look great, just because I look strong, just because I look whatever you may think he looks, doesn't mean that that's the truth of everything that I've been through. He has the potential to inspire a lot of people. And he has the potential to unlock a sound in him that could have never been a part of his music had he not gone through the darkness. There's some songs you'll never be able to sing or write until you have tears running down your face. It's only in the valley of the shadow of death that some music is born. And I'm praying for his sound, his life, and his heart. I do hope and pray that he connects with someone, a therapist, who can help him process all the things he's worried about. But I have this sneaky suspicion that he is not the man he used to be. And I don't just think that about him. I think it about you, too. So even when you feel like you might fall into something or make a mistake that you've made before, trust the you that you are now. Because this is the version of you that made it out of the darkness. <laughs> Let's do some ass, Dr. Sean. Play the bumper again, highly. <laughs> why yelling things at Hailey brings me so much joy. Hailey's a great guy, by the way. You all should meet Hailey. He's really a great guy. He's a girl dad. Loves his girls. All right. So take a look at the video someone sent me. And let's see what we will come up with on the other side. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Missy. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. And I recently met a guy that I'm really feeling, but he has bad breath. Do you have any advice on how I approach this sensitive topic? Thank you. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> you have come to the right person. God in heaven and his son, Jesus Christ, and Mary, the mother of God, sent you here to talk to me about this subject. Welcome to the truth dome. Because when people have bad breath, you tell them. It's like if people have a little like, gunk in your eye, you tell them. If people have something in their nose and they're your friend, like I don't let no friend of mine could have you know, stuff in your face. I'm telling you, because I'm not going to let you walk around looking like a fool, okay? That's what love does. Love will not let you walk around looking crazy. And if you got really bad breath, we all have like bad breath moments, right? But if someone consistently has horrible breath and it just makes you want to just do like that, you tell him. And, and, and telling him is an act of love. You're not insulting him. You're not making him feel bad. You want him to be at his best. And he needs to know that he's dealing with a woman who wants him at his best. And he's courageous enough to tell him when he's not. Don't get into the habit of withholding information that people need to be better. Ooh, that was good. Don't get, don't get into that habit. Get into the habit of giving people what they need, when they need it, even if they don't want to hear it. You just say it in a way that they can receive it. You ain't got to say, man, your breath smells like dead, 10 dead snakes tied up with 14 assassinated chicken. You ain't got to say that. What you can say is, you know what? Mm-mm. <laughs> that breath ain't fresh. It's not fresh. 
it can be better than this. You know what I'm saying? You can make a joke about it. But what you want to do is make sure he knows because he can improve on what he knows. Oh, this is good. I'm trying to tell you. People can improve on what they know. And it doesn't just apply to breath. It applies to every part of the relationship where he or she is failing and falling down. And if you withhold the information, then you can't get mad when they don't improve. You give them what they need. And then you sit back and watch their character on display. Lord have mercy. I'm going to watch this show later myself. Let's take a break. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So someone DM'd me this question. My husband is a liar and a cheater. We tried therapy, separating, and even spicing up our sex life, but he still cheats. He had the nerve to ask for a hall pass where he would be allowed to have sex with one woman a year. He claims it will keep him from sleeping with multiple women. I'm at my wits end with this man. I love him, but I don't want to be his fool. What should I do? In the immortal words of whoever that white woman was in the, in the, in the movie Ghost who was talking to Whoopi Goldberg, run, girl, you in danger. <laughs> I know you may love him, but you taught her off this message telling me he's a liar and a cheat. He's a liar and a cheat. Three times for your soul. He's a liar and a cheat. If he's a liar and a cheat and this is who he is, who he consistently manifests himself as doing, and he's asking you for a hall pass to have, you know, to get, to get one quickie a year with somebody, what are you doing? What do, you mean you don't, what do you mean you don't know what to do? Are you okay with him being a liar and a cheater? Come on, give me that. Give me the answer. Are you okay with him sleeping with other women? Are you going to give him a hall pass? Because if you're going to give him a hall pass, then don't, then don't waste my time. Just, just, just go on out there and accept your liar and the cheat. Do you believe that you deserve better than someone who lies to you and cheats on you? Come on, come on, come on. Do you believe that you deserve better than someone who lies to you consistently and is willing to cheat on you? And, will, and doesn't respect you enough to even be apologetic about it, wants you to co-sign what they're doing to you. You, in the, you know you're in the hands of a master manipulator when they want you to sign off on the abuse and the pain that they're giving you. Are you okay with that? In the immortal words. I don't know if it was the white woman or Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know which one it was in the movie Ghost. Run, girl. You in trouble. You need to be as far away from this person as you can possibly get. Because no good is coming out of this. There is no good coming out of somebody who is determined to do what they want to do no matter how much it hurts you. There's no good coming out of somebody who thinks that just hurting you a little bit. Just hurting you a little bit is tantamount and the same as hurting you not at all. They ain't the same thing. <laughs> How about you don't hurt me at all? No, 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 no. Now, I know there are marriages out there where people are into polyamorism and they do all that, right? And, you know, and, and, and if, if that's the state of your marriage and the quality of what you want it to be, I'm all for it. Do your thing. That's your marriage. But you wrote me because you have a problem with this. So you ain't no polyamorous person and you ain't okay with this. And since you ain't polyamorous, I'm using ain't. Yes, I am. And, and, you, and you ain't okay with this. I should be using not. You don't co-sign and don't participate in it. Go find you somebody who's going to respect you at the end of the day and can give you more of what you need. And at the very least, somebody who's not a liar and a cheat. Not a liar and a cheat. 
Nothing good is ever going to come out of somebody who presents themselves consistently as a liar and a cheater. Good luck. I'm praying for you. All right, let's watch this video. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Faye. I have a crush on this younger guy. What can I do? How do I break the ice? Can you give me some advice, please? Hey, go ahead, Faye. <laughs> go get him, girl. <laughs> First of all, you have an amazing smile. Um, listen, I don't know how much younger the guy is, and it's none of my business, okay? You do you. As long as everybody's legal, you do what you need to do. I mean, I, I, I think the best way always is to be somewhat direct, right? And to sort of uh, let people know that you have an interest in them. Um, and to, and to, and to, oh, but here's a better answer. How, how about, how about you spend a little time getting to know him a little better, right? You know, build, build a strong friendship as strong as you possibly can. Um, that will allow you to understand and know who he is so that when you tell him how you feel, it'll be in the context of a friendship and not, not like y'all were on Tinder. You know what I'm saying? Or speed dating. Information is always received differently when it's in the context of relationship. So I would say build a relationship, you know, spend time together. If, 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 and you will know his level of his interest and you will know how far he's willing to, you know, be engaged and involved if he's not willing to engage in spending time and building a relationship. If he doesn't call, doesn't text, doesn't want to come around, then you already got your answer. Let me tell you one thing about men, okay? If we want to do it, we do it. And if we don't want to do it, no matter what we say, was the reason we didn't do it? We didn't do it because we didn't want to do it. Okay? Nobody's that busy. <laughs> this, this one, he's like, you're giving away all the secrets. Yes, I am. I'm empowering the women. Nobody's that busy. We Ain't nobody working that damn much. No, 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 no. We're not interested. So I think, I think you need to just gauge the level of his interest. I must, I'm, you know, call, spend time, go out, lunch, dinner. And if he seems to be like really engaged, then I think, you know, you might want to say, you know what, Leroy or whatever his name is, Bobby, I think you're kind of cute. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But I'm rooting for you, girl. You hear me? I like your ambition. I like your courage. I like your bravado. I like your vibe. I like, I like the fact that you were like, look, I like what I like. Me likes what we like. I love it. And I hope it works out for you. And if he has any sense, although he's young, he will reciprocate the interest. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Amazing show. Thank you, Aaron, for being on. I will see you next time, everybody. Remember what we learned tonight. The power's in the story. Tell the story and let it heal you. When you give it language, you give yourself a chance. I love you. Y'all be good to each other. I will see you next time.